0: Would, Revelation chapter 3 again. This is one of the shortest letters to the churches. It is my personal favorite. It is where we have uh, derived the name for our church, the Open Door Bible Baptist Church. And uh, uh, by God's grace, I want our church to endeavor to be as much as is possible a Philadelphia church. Uh, It is not, um, maybe we should say it is not the greatest uh, achievement to be a Philadelphia church. The Philadelphia church was not necessarily accomplishing many of the great things that some of these other churches uh, were doing, but they did not have the problems. And uh, there's just some special promises here. And let's just start reading. In uh, in uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, it says, And unto the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength and has kept my word, and has not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly, hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh I will make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. But I, And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear, what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now, as we've gone through the letters to the churches, we have seen many different characteristics in the different churches, in the different letters, and I I truly believe that you can take any church that is a true church of Jesus Christ, that is truly preaching His message, His word, His way, and you will find the pattern of that church somewhere in one of these seven churches. And uh, we certainly do not want the history or the testimony of the Sardis church to ever be that of our church. That was the church that was living but is dead. That was last week's message. They had all the activity. They had all of the programs. They had everything except the Lord Jesus Christ. They were dead. The church before them was the church of Thyatira. It was the worldly church. It was the church that was trying to uh, bridge the gap between the world and the church. How many here know who Amy Grant is? You ever heard the name, the Christian pop star? Her testimony, she is, she is one of the founding uh, mothers of Christian rock and roll. Uh, you could say that, Um, and her goal was to bridge the gap between Christian and pop, and she surely did that several years ago when she sang a duet with a bona fide uh, secular rock star, the next time I fall in love, it'll be with you, and uh, you say, how did you find that out? Well, I just walked into a store and and they were singing this stupid song and I try not to listen to the music in the stores, but I said, boy, that voice sounds familiar. I know who that is. And so I stopped and I listened to the music and the radio announcer came on. That was Amy Grant and some other schmuck that I don't know the name of uh, singing this song. And I said, she finally got where she was going. She finally got to sing a dirty love song on the radio with a dirty rock star. Wow. As the cigarette ad said, you come a long way, baby, but it ain't in the right direction. Amen. Uh, that's the worldly church, and we see it going on everywhere. The church at Pergamos was the careless church. They had the Nicolaitans in there, and they had the Balaamites, they had the people who were not really involved in the problems themselves but they were making it so i mean we've we've seen this in the past you have the world here and the church here 20 years later you have the world here and the church right where the world was 20 years behind it that's what goes on when the church gets careless they begin following worldly things, and they get careless with the doctrine of God. That was the careless church, the church at Smyrna, the only other church other than the church of Philadelphia that had nothing bad to be said about it was the church at Smyrna, which was the persecuted church. And I'll tell you, there is still a persecuted church today. You go to mainland China, if you want to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible way, you will suffer at the hands of the communist Chinese government. Now, communists, they lie about everything. And the Chinese uh, that are there in China in power today are no more communist than democrats here in the United Well, actually, democrats have probably got them beat just a little. Uh, because they're not practicing communism anymore. They're just practicing tyranny, which has always been the government of China, just about. And so you know, we need to pray for our brethren who are persecuted, who suffer. Some, some of our people know what it means. There are places in the Philippines where you name the name of Jesus Christ, you're putting your life on the line. They used to call them communists. They used to call them rebels. Now they're called al-Qaeda in in the Philippines and in different parts of this world. They're there. In a Muslim country, to name the name of Jesus Christ is putting your life on the line. The persecuted church, it is still here today. And then the first church we went over several weeks back was the church at Ephesus. They were doing everything right. They had just left their first love. They had forgotten the reason why they were doing what they do. And every person as a believer in Christ will will have to battle with that personally, of forgetting the reasons and and the whole goal of our Christianity, our motivation And I preach a lot about being obedient to the Bible because that's what Christianity is. But obedience for obedience sake is worthless in the sight of God. We need to obey Him because He is God. We love Him, why? Because He first loved us, amen? Because He did so much for us. And now we come here to this church at Philadelphia. And he says, unto the angel of the church, the pastor of the church at Philadelphia, and Jesus introduces himself. He that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and cl- he opens and closes so that uh, he that... Let me read it out of the Bible here, I'm sorry. He that openeth and no man shutteth and shutteth, and no man openeth." Jesus said, when I open a door, nobody closes it. When I close a door, nobody opens it. Now, many times as we're trying to discern God's will in our lives and decisions that we need to make, I've heard many people refer to, well, if the door is open, you need to walk through it. Well, you need to make sure who opened the door before you walk through it. Amen? And sometimes the Lord seems to shut the door, but he is preparing us and he wants us to get a little more serious before we walk through it. Circumstances never determine God's will for your life. Scripture determines God's will for your life. Obedience. If you're obedient to Jesus today, You have the key to being obedient to Jesus tomorrow. If you're disobedient today and you do not change, don't expect any great changes tomorrow. You've got to get off that track and get on the right one. But the key to being where Jesus wants you to be is being where he wants you to be right now. Amen? And so as we look here, Jesus said, Listen, I am holy. I am true. And I have opened the door. I have the key of David. The key of David is the key to the kingdom. David was the king. Jesus is going to set upon David's throne in the city of Jerusalem and rule the entire world. That is when there's going to be peace in the Middle East. Amen? In fact, there'll be peace everywhere. Jesus is giving this church His promise. I'm coming back to get you. I have the key to the kingdom. And He says, I know thy works. And He said, because I know thy works, He said, I have set before thee an open door. Now, here's why He's set before this church an open door. He said, for thou hast a little strength. Now, most people don't want to admit they have a little strength. When I have Stephen helping me as he has been in the building, I have to be careful, very careful what I tell him to pick up because if I told him to pick up my entire tool chest, he would do it if he could or he would hurt himself doing it. And so I have to be very careful saying, Now, Stephen, don't pick that up. That's too heavy for you. There is something built into a boy and, and and it usually grows up into a man that he just hates to admit that that's too heavy to carry. (laughs) It's okay, I've got it. Uh, But this church, Jesus addresses them, and he says, you have a little strength. I think we need to be honest about the area in which we live. I wonder how many people outside this church in New York City really know that we even exist or even care. There are towns in the Midwest. In fact, the church I grew up in in Maryland, three of the five county commissioners are members of that church. Half of the real estate in Carroll County, Maryland, is controlled by the people who are members of that church, different real estate offices. One of the state senators, the state senator from our area, is a long-term member of that church. It's an incredible church. I mean, they just, uh, you cannot exist in Carroll County. Philip, that's enough. Get over there and sit beside your mom and stop. You cannot operate anything in Carroll County, Maryland and not run into a member of the church I grew up in. It's incredible. Our church, we're not like that. Nobody cares. But that's okay, because Jesus does. Amen? And by the way, we're not here to change New York City. We're here to reach souls one at a time. That's what Open Door Bible Baptist Church is all about. It says, Thou hast a little strength. Now, by God's grace, we won't always have just a little strength. I would love to, I would praise God for the growth that we have seen. And uh, if things continue as as they are, we we are going to have a great year for missions. Now, that ought to encourage you to give more. Amen. Don't don't slow down. Uh, if you've made that commitment, keep it because we are well on track, and we want to stay on track. We, uh, our missions conference uh, this year, we've got Brother Burgett coming in to preach for us, and I'm really looking forward to him. He has started the missions program in at least 3 different bible colleges. I think maybe as many as 5, but I'm not sure. He was a missionary in Japan for 25 years. Brother Burger is just one of those special servants of the Lord and and uh we're looking forward to having him in uh brother McGeorge when he gets here Thursday night. Right now, we have to be careful. We we're not going to take on any more missionaries but i'd love to be able to put him on the list to add him to to our our missionary family how many of you remember the herndon's that were here going to india i mean we need to take those people on for support now wouldn't it be fun during our missions conference week to take on five or six new missionary families and uh... get that number over forty missionary families we support wouldn't, wouldn't that be just unbelievable it's possible but still when you consider that to the number of missionaries in the world and the great need not very many is it but we need to learn to rejoice in the fact that Jesus has opened the door if it were not for the giving of other churches and other people outside open-door Bible Baptist Church we would not have this building that we're sitting in right here. Churches literally all over the country, from coast to coast, corner to corner. The church I'm preaching the missions conference for in Bremerton, Washington, under its former pastor, sent us several, I believe it was five or six hundred dollars, may have been a thousand dollars toward the purchase of our building. We're going to be visiting several other preachers who gave very generously to help us by our property here. And uh, uh, it's, it's just a blessing. But Jesus opened the door. Amen. And he says, Here's why I've opened the door. I have set thee before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, now here's the conditions, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. He said, you've kept my word. If you want to know one of the reasons why I foam at the mouth and say, we cannot join the world, we cannot dip our colors, we cannot allow the things of the world into this church, it's because of this verse right here. It says, thou hast kept my word. And that's what we're looking to do is just simply keep Jesus' word. We want to be real Christians in New York City in 2006. Does that mean we're going to be perfect? Evidence just walked outside the door. We're not. Amen? Uh, We're not perfect. No one in this church is perfect. No one claims to be perfect but we're not going to use that imperfection as an excuse to go out and sin, amen? And we want to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, Thou hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. We are proud to wear the name of Christian, amen? But that's not Jesus' name. Jesus' name is Jesus, amen? And no, they don't call us Jesusites. Uh, we cannot use the name Church of Christ because the water dogs have it. Oh, I'm sorry. That was mean. Uh, you don't know what I'm talking about, but uh, that is the term for people who, who believe they can wash Jesus into their hearts with the water of baptism. They call themselves the Church of Christ. So if you're driving down through the countryside and you see a sign that says Church of Christ, stay away. It's not a good church. That's why we don't use that term, because it belongs to the Campbellites. Uh, they've stolen it and sullied it. And, and by the way, it's a new term. We use the name Baptist today, and there's a reason. The historical connection is to a group of people in the Middle Ages called the Anabaptist. Now, if we were to transport those Anabaptists from the middle ages to the 21st century and they were to come walking in this door, they would probably have a lot of things to argue with us about. But let me tell you something, if we transported ourselves back to the middle ages, we'd have a lot of things to argue about as well. You cannot understand and completely know everything that went on. I mean, they're still arguing as to whether George Washington chopped down the cherry tree and that was only 250 years ago. Most people believe it's a myth. But the simple truth is we don't understand near as much about history as we would love to believe that we do. but there is a connection to these people it's called doctrine the anabaptists were heretics of the middle ages if you study any history book they were the people who were not part of the church and the reason why is because the church in the history book is the catholic church and we've never been a part of it we're not protestants praise god we've been bugging the catholics long before the protestants came along to give them trouble and uh... We uh, believe, and the Anabaptists believe, in the supremacy of the Word of God. They believe in the independence of the local church. They believe that each church is responsible. The greatest contribution that Baptist people have given to secular society is the doctrine that we call the priesthood of the believer. The world calls it self-determination. What they mean by that is you can get up in the morning and choose what clothes you're going to wear. If things get bad at the job you work, you can quit and go find another job somewhere. It's individual freedom is what it is. That is Bible doctrine and the only group that has any historical claim to that is us, Baptists. And so I am glad to use that name. Yes, there are people who have sullied that name. And I'm not going to go through the list. It's long and it's nasty. But you know something? There's no reason to throw... We cannot have the historical connection without the name. And by the way, if they want to start pulling out all the bad Baptists, why don't we just start getting up a list of all the bad Presbyterians, uh, all the bad Catholics, all the bad Orthodox. Their lists are longer than ours, let me tell you. And their people are a whole lot worse than ours are and done more horrible things. The Orthodox clergy during communism in the former Soviet Union, without exception, were members of the Communist Party and and gave evidence against people who were trying to do right in their countries. That's pretty rotten, isn't it? For a church to join up with the communist, the people who say there isn't a God. And so we we go on here and it says, Thou hast not hast kept my word, thou hast not denied my name. Don't be afraid to name the name of Jesus Christ. When they say, Are you one of those crazy Bible believers? You betcha. I believe that Jonah was swallowed by the whale. I believe that God created everything in six literal days by his spoken word. I believe that Jesus fed, I said to 6,000 a couple weeks ago, it was 5,000 and 4,000 on another occasion. Uh, with a little boy's lunch. And no, I don't believe the little boy was quote, uh, carrying around a ton and a half of fish and bread in his back pocket to feed everybody. Uh, I think it was just a little lunch that he had wrapped up in his cloak and Jesus multiplied. I believe Jesus walked on the water and Peter did too for a little bit. I believe that Jesus died and that he rose again. I believe every word of this book called the Bible and I laugh at those who believe in evolution because they have to have more faith than I do because they have to believe all this happened without God. Now, hey, you talk about something dumber than a box of rocks. That's, that's a. Uh, and by the way, the rocks we're talking about are not valuable ones. We're talking about the little box of rocks that the boy brings home from having walked in the woods and found a bunch of nothing and uh, of which we have several in our house. <clears throat> Uh, But anyway, we'll move on. Jesus tells this church, He says, Behold, I will make them which are of the synagogue of Satan. Now, we've talked about the synagogue of Satan. These are the people who claim they are the true church, that they are the true descendants. By the way, you know what the claim of all the Protestants is? You see, they take baptism of the New Testament and circumcision of the Old Testament and hook them up and say, we're actually the descendants of Abraham through baptism because we don't have circumcision anymore. That gets mighty close to saying you're the synagogue of Satan because you're claiming to be the true Jews. And there's lots of other groups. You have this uh, arrogant... uh, People there in Manhattan that tried to say Jesus was black and that they're the true Jews and all the rest of us, I had one of them say, you're an Edomite. And uh, said, I am not. There is no such thing as Edomites today. Read the Bible. They all died out because of God's judgment before Jesus was even born. Hey, you know what it says? It says he's going to make them come and worship at the weak churches feet and say, listen, I've loved this church because they kept my word and they didn't deny my name. That's all you did. You kept trying to tell everybody how good you are. You know, we don't have to go around trumpeting to people, we're the only true church and all the rest of you guys are a bunch of fakers. Now, we preach the truth here. Jesus didn't start 50 kinds of churches. But when I go out street preaching, that's not my message. My message is Jesus came to die for sinners, amen? That's our message to the world. It says he's going to make them worship at our feet. You know, we don't have to do great things to be greatly beloved of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, there's nothing great that we can do. There's nothing we can do that could be classified as great. But Jesus is going to open the door, amen? In fact, we've got three of them out there. And they're all miracles that God has given us. We need to strive to keep His word and not deny His name. Verse 10 says, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, we're waiting for Jesus to come back. You know what? We've been waiting a long time, amen? Nearly 2,000 years we've been waiting for that promise to be fulfilled. Someone said, Oh, this doctrine of the second coming of the Lord is a new thing. It was invented in the 1700s. Oh, really? Then why does it talk about it in the book of Revelation? Thou hast kept the word of my patience. What else would be the word of his patience? What else are we waiting for? We're saved, amen? We know we're saved. The word of his patience is waiting for his coming. And as long as we're looking for his coming, guess what? He's going to get us before the tribulation comes. The hour of temptation that tries all those upon the earth. That's the next verse. And it's interesting, one of the new things going around is the fact that... uh, uh, Does anybody here know who Marv Rosenthal is? Good. If you ever see the name on a book, just throw the book away, all right? He, He has propounded this new thing called the pre-wrath rapture. Meaning that Jesus is going to come back in the middle of the tribulation period for those who really believe in him and at the end of the tribulation period for those who kind of believe in him. Cuckoo. That's what it is. A dear friend of mine reviewed his book several years ago when it came out and he said, well... I can tell you, Brother Pete, it's very simple. As long as you keep a simple, consistent, literal understanding of Scripture, Marv Rosenthal's book is purely senseless. I said, okay, Brother Musselman, I'm not going to read it then. I'll take your word for it. And uh, the simple truth is, you believe the words of this book. Thou hast kept my word, not denied my name. You're going to believe that Jesus is coming back. And you're going to patiently wait for him. It says, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Now this next phrase is a warning. Hold fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. You can lose your rewards. You cannot lose your salvation. But you can lose your rewards. He said, hold it fast. Don't let it go. Be simple in your service for Christ. Don't try to obey God's word complicated. Just simply do what it says. It says, him that overcometh while I make a pillar in a temple of my God. And he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. Imagine being fastened in the pillar, as a pillar in the temple of God. The temple is the place of worship. In Revelation chapter 4 and 5, we see those 20 and 4 elders that are circled around the throne. And every time those four beasts cry, holy, 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 the 20 and 4 elders fall on their faces and cast their crowns before the feet of him that sitting upon the throne. I believe that's where the pillars are, amen? They're not going to have to go anywhere. How many of you just enjoy keeping a time schedule that runs you all over the city all hours of the day and night? Isn't that fun? Yeah, yeah, that's the way I think about it too. You Imagine just being in the temple 24 hours a day. Your only job is to glorify God. No distractions, Nobody to bother you. Nobody to say anything, get in the way. You're first in line because you're there, amen? And you can't move. Somebody says, when are we going to eat? Hey, you won't worry about those things there, amen? We'll be full of the glory of Christ. That's the gift to him that overcomes. That's the Philadelphian church. It says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. There's some special promises made to this Philadelphia church. He says, I know thy works. And he said, I've set before thee an open door. That's why we want the name of our church to be Open Door Bible Baptist Church. Now, none of you ever got to vote on that because you weren't here when we made up the name of the church. Amen? But that is the desire that I have as a pastor for this church. And by God's grace, for these last 14 years, almost 14 years, it will be 14 years in October, God has granted that prayer. Just in the, You don't get too much of this, uh, but in the, in the past, uh, just in the past few months, had several different men come to me and just say, just praise God for your church that it's there, what God has done. In fact, Brother Clayton was talking to him on the phone. How many of you liked what we did on the 4th of July? Wasn't that grand? How'd you like to do it again before Christmas? Uh, Maybe December 9th, which is a Saturday, and Brother Clayton will preach for us. And we'll have a big Christmas dinner and sing Christmas hymns and we'll provide our own music till we get sick of listening to each other and then we'll let Brother Clayton preach to us and uh, then we'll all go home. How's that sound? And uh, so you pray about that. It's, it's on the schedule book. We've just got to contact the other churches and get them to come. We'll have a grand and glorious time. Amen. And uh, we'll just see what the Lord is going to do. But he said to me, he said, I just can't believe what God has done there through your church in New York City. That's an answer to my prayers, to make our church like this Philadelphia church, because it's nothing we've done, amen? We don't have a lot of strength, but we got an open door. Let's keep his word, not deny his name. Remember, he's coming. That's the word of his patience. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this letter. Lord, we ask that you would make our church more and more like this church. Lord, we pray that we would be counted worthy to be those pillars in your temple. We pray for your hand upon uh, this church to keep the doors open. In your name we pray. Before we finish that prayer, maybe you have something you want to add to it, something the Lord has touched your heart with. The altar is open. You can spend a few moments there, and then we'll get into our prayer time tonight. All God's people said, amen. Okay, um, just a couple of names here on the prayer list. If you need a prayer list, uh, wave your hand there. I don't know if we have any extras or not. Uh, Oh, okay, Miss Rita has a few there. Um, Ann called from Pennsylvania. She's with her daughter. A young woman named uh, uh, Lion Van Brute and her last name is as far as I could tell the message was a little garbled but I believe it's B-A-N-V